Welcome to the Bristol Real Estate Podcast. My name is Edward Akobian, and you're probably not familiar with my face or voice because today I'm filling in for our great host, Margarita. But we're still going to provide you with the latest and greatest news, the hottest industry topics, and a lot of content that you can take away. Today, our guest is a great friend of the Pocket Network, co-owner of Option One Lending out of Sherman Oaks, California, Artin Falahi. Thanks for, thanks for coming back, Artin. Hi, thanks for having me back. Good to be back. So it's been almost a year to date, our last podcast launched on March 11, I believe, last year, where we sat down and... It was completely different environment, completely different setting as far as business goes, as far as economy goes, just just a whole different scene. So let's reverse before we go into the today's news. Let's reverse back to um, how your business was last year and then bring it down to where you are today and the, probably the most drastic changes that have happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me back and uh, good to uh, be with you. Uh, yeah. So last time when we did, we did the podcast, it was still beginning of 2022, I believe. Yeah. Right. The market was still hot. The rates were starting to climb, mm. but uh, not to the extent where we saw towards the third and the fourth quarter of 2022. Right. So uh, demand was still super high. Um, inflation was down. Right. So inflation started creeping up around April, May. Mm. And then by mid-year, we started seeing the big impact of inflation. Uh, so, yeah, it was a completely different market. And then we went, kind of went through the cycles. Uh, we saw where inflation went and then how the Fed uh, reacted. And then uh, where we are now, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. So um, remind me when, when the Fed stepped in and started raising interest rates once they saw this thing was going out of control last year. Right, I think we've had um, nine raises nine already. Consecutive, yeah. Right, as as so it's been about a year almost. Uh-huh. Uh, they've been uh, raising. It started more mellow, and then they saw that it's not making started an impact. So they started taking drastic measures, where seventy-five bips, right, right, or point or three quarters of a percent, and they did several of those in a row, and. Uh, uh, inflation they're trying to fight the inflation so and, and and obviously that that has its cause and effects right? right um their their whole goal is to sort of press down on the inflation rate and get it to a certain number that they're trying to reach but it also has its effects to it right where as far as um i believe jerome powell one in a statement a couple of days ago he was he i think he reiterated about 10 plus times how um the jo- uh, employment rates are going to be affected so that's probably right. one big factor that um that's going to be affected by the raise in the interest rates. Right. Obviously, we saw uh, the big bank collapse, which we'll go into into all of these. Um, that was two weeks ago. And actually, just uh, yesterday, I think I was reading another smaller bank than SVB collapsed too. They, well, right. they had a bank run and the federal regulators took, took it right. over. So it's been an interesting year to say the least. Right. Um, how, how have you personally adjusted as far as business-wise? Um, because obviously right. you're not killing it in refis right now. So right, yeah. what are you doing right now? <laughs> I was just going to say, so our uh, so at Option 1 Lending in particular, we're a very purchase-centric uh, okay. uh, lender, right? right? We don't go after refinances. When the refinances came, obviously it was a tremendous growth, right? right. We quadrupled in business mm. over a span of a few months when right. COVID hit and the rates you know, sank, sank you know, yeah. where we saw. Um, we're very purchase uh 
centric, meaning mm -hmm. we focus on a realtor relationships, purchase market. So our uh, purchase market, purchase business is pretty steady. Mm. Obviously, no one has as much business as they did in 22 or leading to right. 21 growth, mm -hmm. right? But because we're focused on buyers, there are always going to be buyers. There are always um, household formations. We always talk mm -hmm. about, right? There's always going to be people getting married. Uh, people always have to grow up. They have to move out of their households. They get married. Right. They need a home. Life, they need a right? Roof, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's all, always going to be uh, household formations and not enough homes being built. Mm -hmm. And we live in a very desirable location, not just our state, but our particular MSA, right, and in Los Angeles. All right. Uh, there's always going to be a shortage of homes unless there's a mass development, mm -hmm. uh, which we're not we seeing. We don't even have space to develop right. at this point. <laughs> right, at some point, you have to start moving north, like yeah. in our particular area mm -hmm. in San Fernando Valley. You can see the new developers, the large developers, they keep moving to the north side of the valley. So right. it keeps going further and further north. Uh, because they're just not, we're between a mountain and an ocean, and <laughs> on the other side, exactly. we have some land to develop. Right, and and um, so two things came to mind. Um, first and foremost, with obviously interest rates being so high and, and affordability just being at like all-time lows right now, and uh, I saw a recent report where um, consumers, just average people's savings accounts were just completely getting depleted depleted, right. and their credit card um, uh, balances were sure right. skyrocketing, right? But um, I, I think California introduced like a new program where um, I guess they're sort of incentivizing people to buy. Sort of right. explain the, that. Yeah, so CalEFA, which is the uh, California kind of an umbrella program that works in hands, uh, hand in hand with FHA sometimes and also Fannie Mae. Okay. They have some uh, down payment assistance programs. Mm -hmm. And recently... Uh, uh, the, the, there's a new program called California Dream, which is a shared uh, appreciation program where, uh, in simple words, pretty much the state buys the house with you. They mm -hmm. give you 20% of the down payment. This program will be launching uh, very soon, so it's being prepped right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think once uh, the program comes out, we'll know more about it. But uh, mm -hmm. in a nutshell, they give you 20% of the funds mm -hmm. that you have to buy a house. Let's say you're buying a $500,000 property. They'll give you 20% down, but now they own 20% of the property. Oh, okay. So at time of sale, time of refinance, they're co-owners with you. Mm. So you have to follow their guides, their rules, That's their limitations. And when you sell the property, let's say you had a gain of $100,000. Right. Uh, not only you have to pay back the state the original $100,000 that they gave you in assistance, but you have to now give them 20% the of the profit. Of the profit as right. well. So, so the capital gains, they, they has to go with it. Right, exactly. So, so the owner, the buyer maintains the property, pays the property taxes, the insurance uh, does, does uh, improvements, program. but then the state will take the 20%. Uh -huh. So again, these programs are great for a segment of buyers, but not for everyone. Not for it's everyone. not free money. Yeah. It's not forgivable. Um, you have to pay it back, either right. through a refinance or sell of the property. Now, so that's, that's the interesting thing about it. It's like... Um, Obviously, California is probably one of the more expensive states in, in, in the U.S., um, even though, yeah, there's plenty of jobs here. The, um, I'm sure the, um, the wages are a lot higher here compared to other states. But right. if I'm sort of falling back on this. If, if someone can't naturally um, 
come up with funds to purchase a house, right? As far as down payment goes and monthly payments and maintenance costs and taxes and so on and so forth. Um, you think long term, those incentives will do damage as far as housing or the economy goes? Right. That's always my concern because a let's say an average buyer who puts 10 or 20% down, mm -hmm. They have more skin in the game, right? Right. Um, an FHA buyer or a VA buyer or a um, um, buyer under any of these uh, down payment assistance yeah. programs, um, they have, first of all, you start with zero equity, right? Mm -hmm. You're, let's say if someone is giving you the down payment, yeah. you're already at 100% financing, yep, right? Yep. So it takes much, much longer for your property to have enough equity for you to even be able to refinance, mm -hmm, right? So mm -hmm. you have to sustain this payment, especially at higher rates, for a period of time. Right. And because you didn't really put down your hard-earned savings, right? right. Uh, you have more reasons to walk away, right? Exactly. If, there's, if things get stressful, uh, you may say, well, I didn't really put much down yeah. payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I can't afford it. Maybe I'm going to let it go, right? That being said, um, this is, again, we live in a very desirable area of the right. state, mm -hmm. uh, let alone the country. Of course. Um, inventory levels are super low. I've uh, had number of escrows this past few weeks where... It uh, doesn't matter if it's in Glendale, La Cunada, Sherman Oaks, Encino Hills, mm -hmm. Studio City. All of these areas are very, all these neighborhoods are extremely desirable. Right. So I'm even in, even today with rates in the sixes and sevens, mm -hmm. I've seen escrows with 30 offers, 15 wow. offers, 12 offers, seven offers, right? And the lower the price goes, the more competitive it becomes because right. you're competing with more buyers. A $3 million home uh, is not as competitive to purchase on the, on, the, on the down market in the yeah. down market, yeah. right? Uh, but a seven hundred thousand uh, dollar house, you're competing with anyone and everyone who has zero down, three percent down, five percent down, right? You're competing yeah. with a ton of buyers, and rents aren't helping. So rents have been climbing, and uh, the rents are not affordable either. So either you have to buy and sustain a little bit higher mortgage for a while mm -hmm. until your mortgage becomes more affordable because of a refinance, let's say, in the near future. Mm -hmm. Or you have to continue renting, which has no benefits, right? It's uh, Yeah. Well, that's... So it's a tough, it's a tough uh, place to be because yeah. uh, affordability is uh, super tough right now in L.A. Affordability is, is super tough, yes, in L.A., which is just why the question arises, like, you know, long term, what will be the effects of this right so um you know we're talking about interest rates rising and stuff let's let's sort of jump into the topic of uh we're about i think two weeks to date where the uh, federal regulators took over svb or it's been one week it's uh been, it's march about, 10th right I right it's been about two weeks so about two weeks since federal regulators took over the 16th largest bank in the u.s right and so we've gotten a lot more information now that, that we would have two weeks ago. And, and from what I've read and what I've seen, it's been a very interesting, to say the least, situation of what's been going on as far as their executive team and what the, what, um, and what the government did, right, after all this. So let, let's sort of jump into it and see. Um, now, my take on it, obviously, now we know um, the, 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 the government bailed them out, right? Uh, reason being is I believe 97% 
of account holders had over the two hundred fifty thousand dollars FDIC insured limit. Yeah. Uh, reason, you know, they're tech companies, uh, a lot of uh, payroll, large, yeah, payroll, payroll accounts, companies, right. venture capitalist accounts. So, um, very, very large fund. Now, my my take on it is, if you know, government went in there and 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 like a big brother bailed them out, right? What happens when another one fails right. and then another one fails, right? You're gonna just Tell them, oh, we don't really care about right. you. Right, so F- FDIC is a great safety net we have, right, in mm-hmm. this country. Yeah. And um, and the $250,000 limit only applies to your individual account, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you have your wife and children on your uh, account, mm-hmm. uh, that limit goes up because you get 250000 additional for another let's say your spouse per account holder per is that account right? holder okay. right so if you add your wife's and then you add let's say another uh, beneficiary let's say your son or daughter mm-hmm. now that account increases to $750,000 okay. protection so FDIC is a great tool the scary part about FDIC and I never looked into it and no one did these things didn't come up until we have a failure right, right? unfortunately exactly. everything was booming for two years we're printing money yep. government was injecting free funds into the economy right. no one was looking at the you know what the, Just what's all, the all steroids basically right yes everything yeah. was on steroids housing yeah. interest rates uh, loans right everything was freely available exactly. very easily which is probably one of the reasons why um uh, i believe in the past two years specifically with svb now because we have their information right. the deposits went up drastically right yeah because of all this people stuff are holding mentioned. a lot of funds the vcs were uh, drowning in money yeah they didn't yeah. know where to invest it right there was Insane. at some point i think we had if I could be mistaken, but a couple of years ago, at some point, VCs combined that over a trillion dollars in Jeez. funds. Wow. They didn't know where to invest. Wow. Um, so the part of the, about FDIC that's scary is that they, right now FDIC, is, so FDIC is an insurance company, right? right? So all the banks pay monthly dues. Uh, we really pay into it, right? Your deposit right, in a course. way or in, in some way or other, you, you pay into mm. it. So if the IC collects these funds, and then when a bank fails, they use that pot of money to uh, pay the depositor. Mm-hmm. So right now, they're holding about $145 billion in funds. It's a lot of money, right? FDIC specifically. FDIC specifically okay. has about $145 billion in their pot. Wow. You know how much money they're insuring? All those $250,000 accounts? How much? $9.6 trillion. So <laughs> they have some like one5 or or 15% of... That's insane. Oh, no, 1.5% yeah, of the 1. funds 5. that they need, they actually have. Wow. So if you have too many funds uh, fail, too many banks fail, that $145 billion is going to run out in a second, right? Because you're insuring almost $10 trillion, but you only have $145 billion in the account. So what happens is if that happens... Fed or the Treasury has to step in, what are they going to do? They're going to print printing. money, yep. and then it's going to pump up the inflation again. So that's the that's the scary part, because right now we're trying to fight inflation. Yeah, um, that's the last thing we need is more printing right. going on. Now, uh, based on everything I've read, SVB really didn't do anything illegal, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning they... Um, they they were all management shortcomings. Now, now maybe not illegal, but I'd like to say unethical. At uh, some absolutely, times, yeah. Right? Uh, for example, a bank that size and and true, most buyer, buyers or most uh, 
citizens haven't heard of SVB because right. it's a very it's not specific, a normal place. It's not a, yeah, it's not a Chase or a Wells Fargo yeah. or a Bank of America. But 16th largest bank in the largest economy in the world is a pretty big bank. It's probably bigger than most banks in the world, right? right, right. So uh, not having a, a risk officer for eight months, it's unacceptable. I wanted to mention and that. And yeah. that's a failure of the Fed, right? The federal... The Fed should have raised the red flag and say, hey, what's going on? How come you don't have a risk? And guess what the risk officer does? Risk officer every day looks at the funds that the bank has uh, invested and says, hey, wait a minute. Why are we putting 70% of our money into bonds? Uh, the bonds are worthless at now. What, like 1.8% Right, or something? exactly. At 1.8%, 1.7%. Uh, when the inflation was at six and a half percent, you're investing your funds and you're giving away three, two, three percent returns on on, on yeah. savings accounts, four, five percent on CDs, which is not unusual these days, right? Yeah, yeah. So no one looked at that for months and months. Where at some point where they hit a liquidity problem, they started selling these at a loss, the bonds mm-hmm. that they had invested, yep. and the bank should have never. Uh, invested so much of their money in in one place. They they put all their eggs in one basket, and it was a really bad basket, right? One point <laughs> seven, one point eight percent return. So that 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 was just a disaster. About to now, if the Fed had never raised the rates, we would have never seen this. Meaning they would have continued on. But but it, you know because Fed raising the rate devalued the bonds. Right, but but at a certain point, I call I call it being off. When the risk officer leaves, um, I believe I have it written down here, um, April of 2020, and for the whole year, nobody was named as, as a successor, but she was paid on payroll until I believe like end of August or something. So something's like, that's already off as a, comp- as a company in that, you know, that large of a spectrum right. with so much money to handle and you right. know, so, many, so, so many accounts and so many businesses to take care of. Um, like you said, the Fed should have stepped in, but also yeah, there was been- a lot of red flags. Like another red flag, which is you can make this stuff stuff up, right? Well, yeah, we know Their now. Chief Administrative Officer was the CFO of Lehman Brothers. <laughs> you can make this stuff up, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's a movie. Like, to be right, it's a movie, point. right? Like, That's- why are you hiring a CFO of a uh, of Lehman's Brothers? Com- company CFO, not the not the janitor, right? The, the company that destroyed uh, financial. St- you know, part of the failure was Lehman's Brothers, uh, yep. part of oh, the cost. So yeah, so you hire that person, and yes. it's a, it's in your C-suite, yeah. and you have no risk manager. So so it was bound to happen. I think the Fed just accelerated it. And they on top of that, I believe that I believe that the executives knew something was going to happen course, because at the end of last year, uh, from a couple of reports that I've read, they, they sold off a majority of their shares up to a they couple did days. They did very recently. Even a few days before yep. this news broke, they were selling off their shares. And so, on top which, of that, Forbes named them like, uh, yeah, like what was that day, article? Five days ago, the like best one of the banks or upcoming something. banks or something like that. And five days before. They, they, removed the, they removed the post off of Twitter. So, right. so it's like a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, right? when this was happening, the... CEO of the bank was in was Europe accepting right? an award yeah, for yeah. like some best banking, some some so award. So how could this not have been seen from you know you're a bank right? You're not a small business where you don't have a hundred million people looking at you. Massive business, which is exactly, which but is crazy, you know yeah. you have like you you do simple you know you have a simple businesses that does you know say one two three million dollars a year. You you, you get audited by. 
by by the IRS sometimes, Correct. and they dig through your stuff like uh, tremendously, right? Right. But now you're talking about a bank that handles billions of and dollars. And it's not just some local credit union with two locations. The 16th, 16th largest bank. It's massive. So, yeah. so I don't know. It's been a now. You know, it, it happened two weeks ago. Obviously, we have a little more information now. But then again, so much more information is gonna be uncovered as to um, right. I mean, now. Uh, people know where to look so yeah. the reason svb news broke even right because if you and i had money in the bank it, we would have we wouldn't have found out the type of clientele they have they're very connected individuals right they're, yeah. they're 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 large institutions vcs right like venture capitalists a lot of big people so yeah. what what happens is one person looked into it and then the news spread and mm. that's why they had right. the Wild bank run thing. right well i think at one point the ceo was calling his clients <laughs> right. not, well not necessarily his clients but the bank's clients right. like the highest the tier high, of clients uh, high tier and telling client. them not to worry and everything was fine but then something like this happens yeah so they had the bank run had they not had the bank run they wouldn't have a liquidity problem okay but let me ask you but, this i'm glad you bring, brought that up this happened because of the bank run right correct how long do you think they would have been able to sustain paying, uh, going negative on, on paying interest rates and paying well, that's Well, that's kind of, it's a cash 22, right? So if you don't have a bank run, you don't have to sell your investments. Right. If you come to the bank and say, okay, I want to withdraw my $100 million. Mm -hmm. If I have $20 million in the bank, I don't have a, I, I can't, can't say no. Right. I have to go sell the bonds that I'm selling at a loss. Yeah. If they didn't have the bank run, they didn't have to offload so much assets. Mm -hmm. But they shouldn't have had 70% invested in those assets anyways, in treasuries, well, it, I mean, in, uh, in, in bonds. No, I get your point, but, but, but say they're still investing... Um, it, there was still a problem. This is they just were still like, going negative, regardless yeah, if people were were, right. were were withdrawing money. So yeah. it was still, I mean, red flags. Yeah, everywhere. because banks, uh, by law, they're required to have about ten percent of their deposits in cash. In right? Liquid, yeah. I mean, that's well known. Um, that's even a lot more conservative than it was before the mm, crash, the right. 08, 07, 08 crash, yeah. right? So they hold about 10% of their assets in cash. Mm -hmm. Everything else gets invested. Now, where they invest it and uh, what model they use, that's all your risk that the bank has to assess right. and say, okay, if I need liquidity, can I get enough cash so I don't have to sell at a loss, right? Mm -hmm. And all these articles and debates are happening right now and every bank that you look at pretty much all of them are on the risky side now except for jp morgan chase right which is crazy only jp morgan chase has a um well diversified well diversified they have better liquidity mm. uh so better everyone liquidity. else is kind of in that they're not in the red zone right but they're also not like fantastic financially so. well i think one of the reasons why is is um it, now, obviously, in 2008, technology was still, it was out. It wasn't as advanced as it is now, of course, but um, information is so much more readily right. available to, to right. the average person. And instilling fear in people, it happens like right. that. And fear sells. Exactly. So, so it's, it's like, like it's, and it can spread like wildfire. Like you said that, you know, a couple calls went around and boom, everybody knew about it. Like it the morning of Friday, everything was fine. A couple hours later, the Fed uh, took over. So that, that, that freedom they of information. They actually took over on a weekend. On the this weekend. News of, broke. It was uh, the, the, the bailout. Right. I guess they don't want to call it. But the Treasury coming in and saying, 
you know, obviously the Fed, FDIC, and the Treasury had to come up with a solution, right? So, the but they halted their operations first, right? right? But uh, the announcement was made on like a Sunday. I remember it was wow. like a Sunday. They made the announcement. They were okay, and then Monday morning. Remember, I don't know if you remember, all the banks took off. Like their stock started recovering right. uh, because that what their because announcement they made. But then uh, Silicon Valley Bank never recovered. Their stock was, uh, I think it was at $12. Oh, they, yeah. From they, 100 They're not trading 70, right now either. They're right, off the they, market. They halted trade. Yeah. But from a 170 down to like 12, I think, was the la last one I remember today, that's, last that's Valley. That's insane. So, um, and then Signature Bank was another one. Signature and Bank. Then and there are a couple of European banks, Swiss. Um, so it's like, it's like you know, the, um, Swiss and I don't know how to say it, like the, the shit's out the can now. So like right. everybody, yeah, now everyone is, like everyone is reading the footnotes, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happens is due to how reporting rules are, um, I learned that I guess the banks don't have to declare on uh, um, the the losses that haven't uh, come to fruition yet, mm -hmm. right? So, right, right. So even if you know your asset is at eighty percent of yeah. what you bought it at, yeah. like these bonds in this, uh -huh. uh, they don't have to declare it because it hasn't been realized. It hasn't been realized. So it's like it, your stocks. If you don't so sell it's like low, a, it's a footnote, right? right? It says our assets are at seventy percent value. Yeah. But we're not selling, so it's not really a loss. Yeah. So it's a footnote. No one was paying attention to this. And it's always questionable, right? It may be, right? Something right. like that. Yeah. Um, but because they were forced, because of the run, they were yeah. forced to accelerate the sale. At some point, you run out of things to sell, right? You, yeah. Your investments well, run out. Well, they sold all their stocks. And, and then I guess recently they got, they I think HSBC um, invested or bought them out some type of news like that did you read into that um there were 13 banks that the fed made them uh, make deposits into svb uh -huh. and that wasn't enough i think it was oh, really three billion dollars or some high number they forced the banks to make deposits into svb not buy not get a share just give that money basically. literally <laughs> deposit money into the bank so they have liquidity Interesting. and even uh, that was about a week ago i think and even after that it, it, it so what's even, the future of svb gonna look like like as a company i think they're trying to they're trying to uh separate out different portions of the like the loan business Mm -hmm. and uh, the, the other aspects of the business, and they're right. trying to sell it so off. D d dissolve it into a couple right. different things. Interesting. Right. So they will have to, uh, I mean, banks can pick them up pennies at the, on the right. dollar probably, you know, but Very interesting. depends what well, portion I, of the business. I guess this is a good segue for us to move into um, the, the the interest rate hikes, Jerome Powell, uh, and the Fed meeting that happened just uh, Wednesday, I believe, right? Correct. Wednesday, Thursday. Um, now, before this whole bank run and the, and the, and the Fed uh, taking over, um, from what I believe at least they were, the, the, the market was expecting a 50 point hike, 50 point hike, and then towards the end of the year, just a 25 point hike. Um, at least that's what the, that's what the rumors were now. And then once the bank failure happened, everything sort of just switched around, right? right. Everyone was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Some people were guesstimating it would be, it would be zero. They're going to stay flat just to see what in the world is going to happen? Mm -hmm. uh, and some people were saying a quarter of a point, and and um, that's what he did. He raised it another quarter of a point. Um, yeah. So the t the timing was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the Fed meeting was Tuesday and Wednesday, mm -hmm. and Wednesday usually on the last day of the meetings they make the announcements of right. like what their decision is. Mm -hmm. um, a day before the Fed is when Janet Yellen, the Treasury, came out and said, 
liquidity no problem, banks are safe, deposits are safe. Mm -hmm. So she had to do that to enable the Fed to do the raise, right? Because right. the Fed wants to raise the rates because of inflation. They want inflation to be at 2%, right? So it's a it's a, a very tough job. aggressive. It's an aggressive target, yeah. and the Fed doesn't have twelve le levers to pull, right? Yeah. Inflation. They, have, they can control flow of money. They can print more money, right? When so um, the the day before, Treasury came out and said, "Government is saying everyone is safe." Mm -hmm. Now she didn't say we're going to guarantee every deposit in the country. Right. She said we're going to look and select which bank is deserving, I guess. <laughs> Very selective. Or, right? right. And it's important to say that at the end of the day, they didn't bail out the SVB, right? Mm -hmm. Before, during the crash, what they're doing, they're bailing out the invest. Now, if you own SVB stocks, you lost everything. Right. They're not going to bail you out. Yeah. Right? So the owners of the banks aren't bailed out. The executives aren't bailed out. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, they'll go after all the insider trading, the, the all the sell-offs um, a few days sure, before the yeah. crash. At least they and should. not making any announcements, right? So right. Yellen came out, said, banks are fine. U.S. government is you know behind you, yeah. blah, blah. Next day, the Fed raised the rate because if... Treasury hadn't said that. Let's say if another bank had failed on Tuesday, there's no way Fed would have caused more issues. Because right. the, the more you raise the rates, you're devaluing, devaluating those assets. The right? more you're putting those banks you're at gonna risk. you're going to put a few more banks in the red maybe, yeah, right? So right. you got to at some point stop. Yeah, end of the year, uh, Fed's uh, comments indicated that they may only do one more raise. Mm -hmm. Beginning of the year, they raised it one time, right, a quarter. Mm -hmm. And then they said, our target, the, the, they show a dot plot. Right. And the dot plot was pointing to 5.1% target. Mm. So at that point, with even the beginning of the year, it was putting us at about a 4.5% Fed rate, right? Now, that's important. And I say this a lot to my client. That's not mortgage rate. Right. That's the interbank Fed rate, right? Mm -hmm. That's a baseline for all the uh, you know, car loans, you know, um, credit cards and all that, right. but of course it affects the whole economy and mortgages are part of it. So beginning of the year, we were at about four and a half already. Mm -hmm. They raised it one more time this uh, past couple of days ago, right. right? So now it puts us in that 4.75 to 5% range and they didn't adjust their target. So that tells us there has to be at least another quarter coming. At least another right? quarter, right. Um, yeah, and, and one of the things I think I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, too, is um, Powell continuously stated that um, things are going to suffer, right? Specifically, employment rates. Right. But on the flip side, like I was saying, reality is somewhat different from numbers and what's being reported, right? Right. Reality, employment rates are lowest they've ever been in, what, 50 years? Very long so time. it's like... How bad can it possibly? If we're the lowest that we are right now as far as employment rates, th then then they're looking to basically just obliterate the um, jobs and, and 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 the employment rate. So, so it they want to so see they want to see like uh, four and a half percent unemployment. Where are we at now? About two. We're in the low threes. Two, depends how you measure. Again, it's a right. political thing because mm -hmm. they have so many. 
um, tricky ways of right. measuring it. When they want it to look low, they look super low when yeah. they want it. So it's like, it all depends who you ask, but same with calling the economy, are we in recession, are we not in recession? Right, it depends right? on who you ask. Right, so with all technical definition, we're in recession, but yeah. we don't see any effects of it, right? Yeah. Uh, unemployment is low. So yeah, unfortunately, the only way you can fight inflation is people have to stop spending money, right? How do you stop spending money? You lose your job. Mm -hmm. So they want to see unemployment in the mid fours. And if they can see that, then slowly, the, then the Fed will stop raising rates, but uh, they'll probably won't be lowering rates until probably next year. Right. Right well, in time for election. It wouldn't, yeah, of <laughs> course. But it, it, it wouldn't even make sense for them to raise, 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 and then right away drop, drop, drop. Right. Um, as far That's as the I other know, thing. they're not patient, right? They're not patient yeah. with the. Uh, you, this is the U.S. economy is not like a simple balance sheet. You don't right. just like uh, raise inflation and next day you're like, okay, ah, we I changed my it, mind. Right? <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's like a carrier. And yeah. You have a paddle trying to change the direction of a. Well, there's a lot of moving cap, factors. Right, there's a right. lot of moving factors, and and um, I mean, a lot of things are affected. Like we spoke about, one of the things I remember, uh, end of last year, they changed the way they were um, uh, basing their decision on to raise the rate, something like that. Where where um, previously they would look at how how inflation was um, and the CPI reports and the uh, consumer price index was prior to the meeting. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, or I may be, I may be wording it improperly. And now they're, right. they're looking to the forecast of how, what they're expecting it to be, and that's what they're uh, basing their number right. on. Right, so that's one problem why they keep raising the rates is because, and a lot of people in our industry, in mortgage industry, they point it, they, a lot of analysts, they point otherwise, mm -hmm. but everyone says, well, you're in the industry, you want the rates to come down, right. sell more homes, right? Yeah. But the way they look at the inflation, year over year, right? So picture a graph that goes up and then it comes down, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this basket of goods, right? CPI, Consumer right. Price Index, and you take a, a thousand different things, you know, let's say egg, gas, milk, right? Everything, yeah. you get housing. Mm -hmm. uh, you get it all in one basket and you keep pricing them and you update this uh, price from year, from month to month. Mm -hmm. The problem is, well, we all know there was a lot of inflation last year. When you have, you're comparing your CPI this month to last year, right. if you're comparing, let's say, March to March, you're still saying prices are going up. Because mm -hmm. last March, we hadn't hit that huge increase, yeah. right? right? So that's why a lot of analysts there in our industry, they say May will be the magic month. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been saying also. So May 10th, is the magic day, right? Okay. That's the day that we finally, our April comparisons compared to the height. Right. So we're going to see that, oh, wow, it was a lot worse last year. The actual difference is. Actually, actually getting better. So, right. so it's bad news, bad news, bad news until that window that you're comparing falls over something that was high. So now you're comparing a high to what it was last year high. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that's when the CPI is gonna take a big hit. It's like it's like when I speak to um, buyers nowadays, right? They go like, 
Interest rates were three percent. Yeah, last year at this time, right? right? But I'm like, you know, th- look at it long term. Like, oh, oh, broaden your your um, your spectrum of what you're looking at. You know, six percent. It, it's high compared to three percent, but you know, right. you're not at ten percent. You're not at fifteen percent. So it's still you know somewhat yeah. doable. And, and tell you what, as as bad as inventory is, as competitive as our areas are, our yeah. or market centers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still. I have had a lot of buyers who save more now on the purchase of the home than when it was 2.75. Because of the purchase price. Because of the purchase. First of all, if you have a buyer, let's say, who has 3% down, Mm -hmm. simple. W-2 employees, fixed income, meaning like there's nothing you can do with your income. You get a paycheck, you work somewhere, and there's, there's no business to file to go higher income right you have a set amount it's basic math yeah you look at that to income ratio you're like okay i can push to 50 percent. this is mm-hmm. what you qualify mm-hmm. that buyer in the market a year year and a half ago uh we would pre-prove them they're very happy here's your rate uh 2.625 right yeah but they can't buy a house but so now go good? overbid two hundred thousand for right. the house but, right? but that person can't overbid yeah they barely have three percent the cap down, right there yeah right so, and then let's say they even took your offer, right? We would go into escrow. I mean, you remember this. Mm-hmm. We would go into escrow. Let's say somehow your, uh, your realtor is a magician, got your offer accepted versus the other 47 right, offers right. with only 3% down. Yeah. We open escrow. Well, to, to get into escrow, you have to offer some ridiculous price, right? Of course. So now I order appraisal. It doesn't appraise. So I'm like, hi, sorry, uh, you got to put another 180000 down payment. Cash out of your Your whole down payment is 21000 right, You right. got to add another 200 So they cancel, right? So that's what I tell the buyers. I said, yes, absolutely. I wish you could have bought back then. Yeah. But either you buy a house at 6% or you never buy a house. So might as well get in if you can afford the payment and then refinance in six months to a year. And we think six months to a year will be the window where you can for sure refinance. I mean, barring any other massive failures in our system. One of of my favorite realtor talk quotes is... um, marry the house and date the rate. I'm sure everybody right, has yes. heard this before, but but it makes sense, right? So if you're, again, you're, if, if you're marrying something or someone, right, you expect a lifetime of commitment there, right? right? So if you find a dream house you and your family can live in, then then the rate, just you know, th- that's always going to fluctuate. The rate will never be set, but what's going to be set is your purchase price and what you're actually right. going to pay for and the And the beauty of having a mortgage is that it can never get worse, the payment, right? right? Yeah. Unless you miss a payment, you get foreclosed, I'm not talking about that, yeah, but yeah. if you have rent, I mean, it's 100% certainty. It's I can only say go that up. it'll only go up. No one's going to drop rates. <laughs> right, rent is yeah. never going to go back to yeah. $8 a month right. or whatever it yeah. was 200 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So rent will always go up because even if, you know, if we have a healthy uh, economy, mm-hmm. even inflation is at 2%, they're going to raise your rate at 3%. Of course. Because, right? More so money. It's more money, right? So... Uh, I always say, if you can afford the payment, buy the house, because if the market, if the rates drop again, which we think they will, mm-hmm. uh, now you, you're out of the marketplace again. Yep. You can't compete. Now you can't compete again because everybody's re-entering. Um, speaking of, of, uh, of rates dropping and all, um, supply and demand. I mean, it's been a it's been a very interesting issue because people are saying the housing market's going to crash. Housing market's going to crash, right? The outsiders, but us professionals, we take a look at it and say, you know, only way it would crash if is if supply is through the roof, but then there's no demand. Right. But it's the complete opposite. 
Well, at least it's a little. Yeah, as of as of uh, February, we had about five hundred seventy thousand, five hundred seventy-eight thousand active listings in the country. Mm-hmm. That includes pending. So it's okay. not a house available for sale. Right. It just hasn't closed yet. Uh-huh. So I don't know what percentage of that is pending, meaning not available. But right. let's say they're all available, yeah. 578,000. Uh-huh. In 2019, before COVID hit, hit we were at 1.2 million. And that was still a tough market. It wasn't like there were six listings on every street. Right, right? Right. So it was more than double. When people say, oh, my cousin's neighbor said it's going to crash, it's like 08. Yeah. 08, we had two and a half million listings in the country, yeah. right? Yeah. And we don't have listings. We don't have inventory. Why we don't have inventory? Because that seller has a two and a half percent rate. Exactly, majority. They don't want to sell. Right, right. right. It, 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 again, yeah. They're like, I'll build, I'll add a room, I'll build a pool, I'll do an ADU. Yep. I can't give up my two and a half and go get a six and a half percent rate. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And my property tax is going to go up and all that. Well, yeah, especially when they compare it to the same value purchase in Correct. the same area. Now, uh, from, what, from what I've been noticing the past couple months is whoever is selling, has a need to sell it, they're they moving out, yeah they have to they're moving right. out of the state they're getting divorced uh, yeah or they're getting divorced they're, they have away. to downgrade because you know all six of their kids are out of the house and they don't need six beds you know it's like a or it's a need that yeah, they need to do most sellers we come across are empty nesters mm-hmm. or they have a very small house and now they have two kids so they have no choice but to upgrade right um they're deceased right mm-hmm. the uh, it was a one or two people living in the house and they're deceased so right. the state sells the house like their children yeah um or or it's uh, newlywed high income individuals mm. who um they don't want to their standard of living would mean a five or six thousand dollar a month rent right right which is ridiculous yeah so might as well have a mortgage mm-hmm. and buy something um, so those buyers, the first-time home buyers, will always be there. People need to live of course, somewhere, right? right? Now investments go down, right? Investors are less. There's not emotions involved. The investment is all about numbers, right. right? Yeah. So they have to look at rents. They have to look at the rental, right? They have to look at rates. What's my cap rate, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If it makes sense, they buy it. If not, they don't have to buy. Yeah. So investment is definitely down, but a lot of people are buying and adding value to the property. So they buy a single family, build an ADU, yep. and that's how you Especially justify right now, the purchase. Yeah, right now, in, in at least in Los Angeles County, they've came up with a lot of new programs right. uh, where they can add additions. Uh, at least I know in Glendale right now, um, you can develop a two-story ADU now with permit. The JLA banned uh, a while ago. Exactly, right. but I, I guess Glendale City is, gave the approval, so. Um, yeah, and there's few grants. Every city has different. Yeah. Long Beach has uh, some grants, Los Angeles, had a $40,000 grant. Huh. It ran out, but they replenished. Uh, I don't know where it is now, but they had a grant program for building ADU. Uh, of course, with 40K, you can't build an ADU with this construction cost. Right, of but, course. Uh, <laughs> it helps a little bit, but helps. but one thing for sure, too, is how, how um, um, affordable housing is obsolete basically at least in our area um i mean uh, i pulled some some reports up february median price point sold in los angeles county seven hundred ninety five thousand dollars 
um, which is still down 5.4% year over right. year. Now, that's a down number that we're talking about. So not everybody can afford an $800,000 no. mortgage. So, um, you know. And that doesn't even exist in most of the areas we do business right, in. Like an $800,000 house in Glendale, let's say, doesn't exist. Like a studio apartment. Right. Maybe. <laughs> it's a maybe. condo. Yeah. Right. So it, it just, it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. very unaffordable right now. Um, but they're also rents are unaffordable. So. Yeah, everything is going up. Now, um, let's sort of look into the future and like cast a net. Um, where do you, now we've been declining, you know, it's obvious we've been declining the past couple mm-hmm. months. Um, we're not going to crash, but there's been a decline in pricing, decline in sales, um, a lot of more canceled escrows, Correct. Um, which I'm sure you've... Buyers you've are more felt. picky. Right. Because, because they, they can, can be. be. Yep. Right. So it's go. a beautiful market to be a buyer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had uh, uh, probably a high percentage of my... Let's say if you looked at my last three months are companies, let's say, closed loans. Mm. A good chunk of them took advantage of this new seller incentives, right? right. We have, let's say, a two-one two, buy-down The buy-downs, program, right? right, yeah. So uh, let's say I give the buyer a 6.5% rate. Let's mm-hmm. say that's the uh, average rate right. these, these days. So you give them a 6.5% rate. Uh, for the first year, the rate is 4.5%. For the second year, it's 5.5%. Huge savings for the buyer. And guess what? They can't even pay for it. We don't even have a mechanism for the buyer to pay for it. The oh, seller pays for it. That's what I was going to ask. Right. Yeah, seller has seller to pay for it. Seller has to pay for it. Oh, okay. I can't even, even if the buyer said, give me the, I'm giving yeah, you I'll 20 grand, yeah. we have no mechanism of doing that. Now, mm-hmm. they can buy down the rate a little bit, but not 2%. Right. Yeah. You can pay a point, let's say, and your rate will be 6%, yeah. let's say, for example. But, uh, but yes, yeah, sellers, now, November even not too long ago was a much time much better time to buy because the market slowed down so much the sellers were so desperate. Yeah. As soon as we had a little bit of a help in January, rates dropped just a little bit. We touched the fives, right? Yeah. We're at five point nine 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 nine, nine, nine yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone's Everyone like, said, "Oh my god, rates are fantastic! <laughs> yeah, Let's party!" Go. Right? So I had surge of applications, right? Uh-huh. Just me personally. But what was that like? About a week that it stayed around there? It was until the Fed meeting, right? So it was uh, mid 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 um, uh, or February. It was towards the. Hold on, this last one was March. was like end of January. End of January, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about a month and a half in between or something, yeah. Um, yeah, but it took off pre-approvals. Yeah. The agents couldn't find homes, right? That's how many pre-approvals we had. Right. Uh, I mean, if I had to guess a number, we probably had like 30, 40 pre-approvals out in well. our company, right? Like we, the buyers couldn't find. And then... Rates went up again, right? And then they continued to rise. And then we hit like the all-time, not all-time, but this past, let's say, 12 months. Yeah. We hit like the October rates. Mm-hmm. We were again at the 75 7.8%. Yeah. yeah. And, and it all came to a halt again. <laughs> so it's, it's, it shows you the demand, right? That's a... I don't even consider that a big drop in rates. But the demand is buyers. But the demand blew up right. just because... Now, most of these buyers, they could have bought even at 8%. They were qualified. Some of them couldn't, but it just shows the psychology. Buyers are out there. They want to buy a house. As soon as rates drop even a little bit, I think if we hit the mid-fives, mm-hmm. it'll be a huge seller's market. Seller's market, but will they actually sell? 
They will because the demand will pick up. Right now, the seller is hesitant because LA County right now, I think the average is 75 days, mm -hmm. right? Listing how long the market, the, the property sits on the market. Right. So the seller is hesitant because they're like, well, I want 1.8 for my house. If I list it, yeah. agent says, no, I think your house is worth 1.5. No, it's 1.8. Yep, yep. So they don't want to list it. And if they list it at 1.8, no one is going to write an offer. And then they're going to say the market is dead. All right. No, because you're going the based on an inflated, inflated value. It's unrealistic. The 2022. Right. <laughs> 21 pricing. Yeah. Even that, that was unreal. Right? Yeah, so of course. So you can't get one, uh, 2021 pricing anymore mm -hmm. as a seller. Right. So seller needs to realize that. Seller does need to realize that, and um, and it's a difficult conversation because you're talking about a it lot is. of because because we're we're right <coughs> past that. Fit. Well, I mean, not right past it, but it's been a couple months. But the st st sellers are still off, you know, working off that mindset. Right. Like, uh, for example, if we call the expired, especially expired listings, where you know clearly the home didn't sell because of whatever reason. But then you're right. looking at the market, and you're saying, you know what, Mister and Mrs. Seller, I know why your home didn't sell. I'm just obviously not going to tell you straight up, right. so that I can come in your door and at least get the meeting. But your price is way off. You're pricing 2021, my friend, you know, and right. unfortunately the realtor didn't explain that to you well and wasn't confident in their skills to, to set it up correctly. But, but pricing is key. Homes still sell in, a, in 2008 they sold, in 2009 they sold, in 2010 right. they sold. But you can always sell your right. property. It just has to be done right. Uh, there was a duration of probably 18 months Listing agents wouldn't have to do anything to sell the property. Sellers didn't even bother to clean up, right? Nothing. So now it's time you gotta, uh, you know, improve your curb appeal, right? Everything. You gotta paint the house. You gotta yep. clean. Just like before, it's back to the basics again, the, right? The regular so market. One thing people need to understand: nobody cares about the rate or the purchase price. Mm -hmm. Buyer cares about the payment. The mm -hmm. first thing when yep. they call, they're like. My realtor said, I want to buy pre-proof. How much would this be? Yeah, I'm much, like, it's this much a month. Right. So the seller needs to understand 1.8 million at 3% was a much lower payment than 1.8 million today. Yep. So you got to adjust it down. I'm not saying you have to give them the same payment, but you have to adjust it enough where it's well, it makes sense. commensurate it makes sense with the market, right? With the so, current market. So, so, so it keeps yep. up with the, so your demand will be there. Otherwise, it's just going to sit. Right. Now, um, Factoring everything that we just talked about, right? The current state of the economy, the bank failures and the runoffs and the fear that's been instilled with everybody. Um, the, this, um, this Fed rate, uh, you know, the Fed raising the rates and, and everybody just in, in like a bubble. If they don't know what's going on. Um, as far as a business, as far as a loan officer or a real estate agent, um, I, I don't know if you read the book before, but Shift by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. Um great book and he states out a couple of very interesting things he says uh you have to be an agent for all times right you can't right. be uh, just an agent during the good times or, or, and boom then or you, bust, know, you know yeah. like yeah boomer bus or like oh i don't know how to deal with clients during a tough time right a couple of the things he mentioned uh which i wrote down actually is um first one is uh, be, you got to be creative with your financing so if there's any realtors watching out there or loan officers um deals still do get done um, one of the ways is you got to be creative with your financing. Obviously, um, I'm sure you've done a lot of creative financial uh, options for a lot of your clients. It's just a matter of putting in the work and, and getting it done. If, if a buyer is willing enough to 
put in the work and, and you know, um, fight for a deal and get it done and, and get all their financials situated, then it's on us as professionals to try to give them the most amount of options available. Right. Uh, at least that's what I feel like. Um, another one of the things he said is catch people in your in your website. Um, and that's a huge one because I feel like um, not a lot of people utilize their website as much as they could. Right. Um you know, we do we do a lot of uh, social advertising and a lot of uh, digital marketing, and we realize like simple things like uh, that loan officers don't have or real estate agents don't have is like get a free pricing analysis of your home, and then boom, you right. capture the um, first last name of the seller and, and their email address. Right? That's such gold yeah, man, information you, right now. If you don't, and I and I tell it to our guys, right? Uh, if you're not active online, mm -hmm. if you don't have a website, if you're not, if you don't have strong Instagram presence, if you're not on LinkedIn, that's equivalent to a, a realtor or a loan officer 20 years ago not having a phone. Right. Like how would you operate? Right. It's it's a basic communication tool. Yeah. It's not. It's not a nice thing to have anymore. It's a necessity. It is right? a necessity. And and you'll be surprised. Sometimes I want to reach an agent. Uh, on a transaction and you Google them and you can't find their cell phone anywhere. And you <laughs> like, how's this, is this 2023? It, it, Website it, is yep. outdated. It still has the old brokerage's name. They've moved on like five years ago, right? It's an old picture. The email address the headshot is wrong. from 10 years headshot ago, right? headshot from 20 years ago, <laughs> right? That's the and best. And the phone number, you can't find the phone number. And you call the phone number, is that brokerage's like landline number? Yeah. How can you not it, have it, your it, cell phone? It's actually very common, and, and I get so surprised, um, especially because the, you know, the providers like Google and, and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, right. they give us so much tools to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, like a simple thing uh, um, Google came out with about a year ago, like Google local services. Mm -hmm. Right now I can, I, I'll probably research like the, one of the top 10 um, agents in California, for example, right? Mm -hmm. As far as um, sites. And, um, and, 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 I'll, and I'll go incognito and I've done this before. I'll go, I'll go incognito. I'll search their location. I know like primary, they're, 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 they're in Glendale. Fair, they don't right. go anywhere. And realtor right after that. And they're absolutely nowhere to be found. But they're like the 10th agent in California. But it's like, how does that make sense? You know, you got to, everything sort of needs to be in balance with each other. Right, where where yeah. you got to have your presence here. You got to have your portfolio here. And you need to be everywhere right. at all the time. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's. It, best of all, it's freaking free. So right. you got it. You, you have yeah, to take advantage of it. These tools are all free. I mean, Instagram is free. Exactly. You don't have to run ads. Nope. And you have it, to have a strong presence. Exactly. And simple things like video. And I, I know you do a lot of video, and we do a lot of video. It's it, you know, it doesn't take much. Smartphones. Everybody has a smartphone nowadays. Right. You can just pick up the camera and just yeah. talk recently. Our smartphones are better Every cameras time. than any camera five it, years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Literally. Twenty thousand dollar camera yeah. wasn't this good. It's so so. I get very shocked, and then you get a lot of people like, oh, it's not working out. Oh, what's going on? The market. Of course, they blame everything on yeah. the market, right? That's the market. The reason why they failed. But in reality, like they didn't take advantage of all the all the good stuff that's going around um the, speaking of the market itself the one of the last things i want to quote from gary keller's uh book is you got to master the market of the moment which sort yeah. of goes back to what we were talking about is you can't be that 2021 broker and come in and talk with that conversation i'll sell your house right. in three days one right, right off the gone. weekend you know right. you got to master the market of the moment if you don't know what's going on if you don't know about what happened with the fed meeting of what janet yellen said of what jerome powell is saying of what you know all these industry professionals are saying all the forecasts all the news and you don't properly um you know speak that language 
to your client and it, I, I, call, I call it a language because right. it is it's yeah. you know it's it's a professional language right. that you need to speak in a way and like sort of baby talk it so the average person can understand because a lot of average people won't understand certain things look, that we're look, talking ultimately i've always said it uh and I always tell it to our loan officers um, you need to be an advisor. Right. You cannot be a salesperson. Right? We don't. We're not sitting. We're not standing at a lot selling used cars. So you walk in. I'm going to sell you a car. Mm-hmm. That's easier, right? right? You need to be a source of information. You need to be educated. Um, a lot of people in our industry, unfortunately, there there's no barrier to entry. Right? How hard is it to get a realtor license, yeah, which or is even why a loan officer yeah. license? So everyone thinks. Oh, it's easy. He's selling yeah. two homes a month. I'm gonna go to sell two homes a year and make extra X amount. Yeah, it's not that easy, right? right? Especially markets like this, they show it. And every good realtor I talk to, they're loving it. Of course, they say market is getting cleaned up. Everybody's there because they lost so many clients to. Oh, my aunt is a realtor now. You know, yeah. so I'm gonna go with her. Or they'll oh, all do it for two percenters. You right, know, right? Exactly. I'll discount it. I'll discount do that. Brokers. Right. So now it's the people who took this as their career and have been doing it for a long time. And you don't have to be doing it for a long time. You just have to take it as your career, right? right? Yep. People who are serious, they are, they're educated every morning. They uh, listen to the news. Uh, like I wake up in the morning, first thing is... Very happy. Very happy, right? <laughs> yep. Like he's, he's our God, right? Yeah. So, so we listen to uh, MBSs, right? Yep. Mortgage back, mortgage-backed security news. And then we look at the treasuries and then we look at the bond market, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because at 10 a.m. when someone calls me and says, should I lock now? I don't want to just flip a coin. I want to give yeah. an educated answer. <laughs> right. Now, none of us have a uh, crystal ball crystal ball yeah. to, to say, oh, for sure this is the best. But at least I can give you an educated answer, yeah. right? Okay, this is what's happening. Let's wait for unemployment report that's coming on Wednesday. Yep. Then we can look at it, decide all that, right? So, so it takes time. It takes effort, right? Uh, it's uh, I'm constantly on CNBC. I have my iPad next to my keyboard. Yeah, it just I don't do anything else on that iPad. It's just, <laughs> just CNBC, CNBC all day, right? Continuous. Because it's important. Because when right. someone asks you, says, "Hey, what happened, to SVB?" Right? You you're educated. You're like, okay, this and this happened. They're like, oh wow, that's cool. You, he, you, you he can't give them that response of a. That's a great question. I'll let me get back to you. On right? That, yeah. Right? Let me get what's <laughs> SVB. <Yeah. laughs> Is that a, a, a right. long term? I was term, on TikTok right? all day. I didn't see it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like so. No, and, and, and you said it great. Um, now is um, it, it is showing where it's like when the tide is high, everyone everyone is doing great. But when the tide goes down, I, I forgot who said that quote. But when the tide goes down, don't be swimming with your w- w- without shorts on or something right, like exactly. that. Right, exactly. And that's what, that, that, that's where we're slowly going. Right, the tide yeah. is slowly washing away, and we can see everybody that's naked in the in the water. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable time for our industry. Yeah, but those who've been doing it for longer than two years. This is normal. Yeah. Uh, there's no disaster, right? <laughs> in 2018 and 19, properties didn't sell in two days. Yeah. Agents did, brokers opened, they did 10 open houses. Right. Yeah. They would bring donuts and ice cream and taco truck to get people to come in. Yeah. That was the norm. Yeah. The norm wasn't, let me list on MLS before I on hit Thursday send, and uh, Monday 15, you're in escrow. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Um, 
all all over asking, right? You know, you got to know how to negotiate as a listing yeah. agent, as a buyer's agent. No one negotiated anything, but they're like, should I put a hundred thousand more or two hundred thousand? Yeah. Like, put two hundred. Okay. Yeah, well, the highest price wins. Right, right, highest price wins. Yeah. You know? It was auction. It was literally an auction. No contingencies, nothing. Nothing. It's wild, wild I west. mean, we 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 worked together on a couple of deals during that time, and right. and I'm like. And I'd call you and like, Artin, should we do this? Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm scared to remove this. Continue. Like, I'm like, the property is a disaster. Should we remove the thing? The, no the inspection, There's inspection. No roof. He's like, bro, do you you, you want to get the listing or no? You know, I'm like, oh, I mean, the, I mean, the sale. So absolutely, I mean, it was, it was, uh, and that's what I tell everybody. And it, that was a normal. Don't get accustomed. That that was not normal. I'm like, do not. But a lot base of your stuff on that. People we run into, they started in the last two three years. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because they saw. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah, yep, yep. And by the time they uh, got licensed, got a hang of it, that period was yep. over. So now they're like, oh, this is the worst market. Yeah. Like, no, it's not the worst market. I came in at the worst time. <laughs> we had 18% interest rates in the 80s. Yeah. Even before COVID, we were at 5% almost. Yeah. It was not three, right? Yep. The three was never the, the norm, right? When was the last time we've been in that range? Just curious. Never uh, three. Well, we hit all-time lows in the twos, right? right? That was all-time. Um, I think we had touched three, threes, right? Three. Well, fours a lot, right? We've been in the four. Yeah. Threes, I want to say maybe in 2000. Uh, it was when Before we were we, in recession, maybe. Four? No, no, after the crash. Uh, after, we, okay. we touched like the threes and the fours. Uh, I want to say maybe 2015. So or, either way, it's, um, it's... Yeah, like I bought a house in 2010, okay. and my uh, rate was 5.625. That wasn't too long ago. It was and you're really happy with that rate, was, let me bet. I was, was very happy. Yeah. And because it was and a it credit sense. crunch after the crash, no one was funding loans. Yeah. So I tell people, I'm like, look, rate is high, but we have no lending problems. Right. We have actually... 100 times more programs Better than, options than we now, did a right? few years ago, right? Yeah. We have stated no doc, bank statement only. We have down payment assistance, right? Yeah. You have investment loans, no income. So, the, I mean, there's no issues with uh, the funding, funding of itself. loans, right? Yeah. Um, for those that were in the, in, uh, in the market, uh, in the business back then when the crash took place, mm -hmm. they will tell you that there were websites they would wake up and check the website and it would have the names of all the lenders, all the wholesale lenders. And one by one, it would they're show out. like a red, like they're done. Oh like God. closed, closed, wow. closed, right? Uh, my partner would tell me, because he's been in the business longer, right? Uh -huh. He's like, Friday, we would high five each other. We're like, yeah, we have seven escrows, you know? Uh -huh. We're funding. Right. We would sign loan docs. Come Monday, the 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 company, the lender the had banks. shut down. Oh my goodness. So you can't fund the loan, right? So Jeez. we don't have those issues right now. Even though rates are high, I mean, it's rates are high. You're gonna refinance. All right. So well, I guess I guess wrapping this all up, it's it's you have to be the knowledge broker. You have to know what you're talking about. Knowledge and, is and power, like knowledge, this. Yeah, yeah. And, and just convey that message in a smart way. Where first and foremost, you don't get in trouble by by over committing and under delivering with your customers. Mm -hmm. and, and, and don't lie. Of right? course, yeah, I mean that that's like. That, I feel like that's something we don't even need to mention. But of course, don't lie. Don't talk in previous terms, right? right. Uh, everything is about the now, about the now, what you can do now. Um, My and, favorite line is, and I don't know who said it, maybe uh -huh. you know, uh, two agents, is when you talk to clients, don't have commission breath. Of 
They course. can smell it. They can right? smell it. Yep. So <laughs> don't make it about, oh my God, I got to sell this house. Make it about, how do I do, what's the best choice for my buyer? For right? your client, yeah. There's a lot of buyers that have told them, this is it's not worth You're stretching too thin. Let's, right. let's back up. And I have one right now in escrow, which I'm not going to name, but we got escrow accepted. It was 850 purchase price. Mm -hmm. they, I, was, I could do the loan. They were getting stretched so thin that between the taxes that to pay to qualify and everything else, me and agent talked to them and he said, look, this is not the right house for you. Right. Let's buy something. So now they're in escrow for seven fifty. That $150,000 made a difference for them. Right. That was $1,000 a month right yeah. now. Yeah. So don't have commission breath. They're, they'll forever you know, value or honesty. Exactly. Long term, yeah. it's going to work out a now, lot Now, agent makes less you. commission. We make less commission. But the buyer is but in the a long term secure. relationship. Will, uh, exactly. exactly. Right. Well, if you take care of them, and they now won't with default. So. Exactly. And then, then, who are they going to blame, right? right. They're <laughs> never going to blame external factors. No. It's gonna They're be always the going to say they that, pushed me into yep, it. Yep. Right. So, um, I mean, I guess let's wrap this up, man. I mean, feel like we had a lot of great conversation. Um, we hit a lot of the major topics that are going on uh, in the industry. Um, I hope our viewers got a lot of takeaway from this. Uh, we touched on a lot of different factors as far as our personal business and what to do with it, uh, you know, external stuff. Hope we gave them some good information. Um, anything you want to add on before we close? Where can people reach you if there's anyone um, local? Uh, yeah, so I'm everywhere to be found. I mean, I'm, I'm very active on Instagram. You're active online. Yes, so. <laughs> Artin the Lender. I'm on Instagram. Uh, and then optiononelending.com is, uh, is our website. And uh, we're in Sherman Oaks. We're very active in all of San Fernando Valley. So anywhere from Pasadena to Calabasas, pretty much we were active. And you guys loan in other states, right? Was it 30-something states? Uh, we have some investor programs that we can lend in over 30 states. Okay. So, and so we're getting actually awesome. licensed in Florida now. So we oh, can do nice. actual just regular actual loans loan. as well nice. in Florida because the demand is good. Yeah. Hopefully for our next meeting, we won't talk about the Fed anymore and they've stopped it. Hopefully. Hopefully by then we have, uh, I think we'll look back and say, okay, CPI went down, inflation yeah. is down. Everything's in the norm. So now. I think that would be my prediction for our next next session. Well, hopefully, um, I mean, hopefully the, the, the whatever happens is... Uh, doesn't hurt anybody too bad and, and right. businesses are very smart about their options and about the choices they make moving forward and um as always we hope that you guys got a lot of content from our podcast and our, from our um website so uh tune in next time we uh discuss what's going on in the industry news take care now thank you